we've got a question here from Kush. It's something we've alluded to already uh, in this episode, but they're just asking straight up which team you think is, is going to win the Premier League. Uh, you know, obviously, three or four games left, depending on whether you're looking at Arsenal or, or City's fixtures. And, and it's still mathematically possible for either one, but is, is the one who you're thinking at this stage is, is more likely to get their hands on that trophy? Well, I, I'm not a gambling man, but if I was, I probably would go for... for- Hello, welcome to another episode of the Chris Wheatley Show, National World's one-stop shop to keep you in the know on all things Premier League. I'm your host, Jason Jones, and I'm joined as always by Chris Wheatley. We'll be discussing all sorts of things as the season nears its end, but this week we'll be taking a closer look at Arsenal's win over Newcastle United. We'll be running through a number of contract situations at the Emirates, and as always, we'll be putting your listener questions to Chris as well. So without further ado, Chris, always a pleasure, mate. Really big win for Arsenal at the weekend. They needed it after after their recent results, but they went to St James's Park, two 0 victory over a very good Newcastle United side, and and maybe a glimmer of hope in the title race as well. Yeah, absolutely. Good to see you too, Jace. I uh, hope you had a good bank holiday weekend. And obviously, it was the King's coronation at the weekend, and Arsenal uh, did their own coronation at St James's Park. And last season, of course, it was St James's Park where their European hopes fell apart completely different game this season I think they learnt their lessons in terms of the atmosphere they really controlled it they quelled uh, the ball in midfield and they I'd say almost silenced the fans at times in that game Um, and it was a really impressive victory hard-fought game uh, hard-fought performance from Arsenal Uh, great performances all over the pitch um, starting with Aaron Ramsdale going all the way forward to Gabriel Martinelli um, and I think in midfield it was really where the battle was won Jorginho started again ahead of Thomas Partey and I think that was a masterstroke from Mikel Arteta because he really proved to be a common influence in midfield great passing uh, really good on the ball uh, and made the difference really um, in the game it's interesting that you mention, you know, the atmosphere at St James's Park. We know how uh, how vocal the Geordie faithful are, and it really felt as if Arsenal had to sort of weather an early storm in the game. It almost felt as if things could have been quite different. We know Newcastle went close on a, on a couple of occasions early on, but from then it really felt as if Arsenal sort of found their foot in in the game, like you said, sort of quiet in the crowd a little bit. And in large part, you mentioned Jorginho, but. That was due to Martin Odegaard as well, wasn't it? I mean, what performance from from the captain again this weekend? Yeah, absolutely. I think Martin Odegaard, you can't really argue with the fact he's been the best midfielder, the best creative midfielder in the Premier League this season. Scored his 15th goal of the Premier League campaign at the weekend against Newcastle. Uh, Nine of those have come away from home. Uh, Only Erling Haaland and Harry Kane have scored more uh, away on the road so far this season, which really says it all about what kind of a season Erdegaard is having. He's really took the captain's armband and and taken it um, and shown what he could do in in almost every game this season. His performances, his level has been so consistent um, at such a high uh, level throughout the the season. But yeah, like you said, Jace, I think there was um, a few things which were a bit maybe disappointing from Arsenal's performance. I think they they certainly let in quite a lot of chances. I think Jacob Murphy really had the better of Alexander Zinchenko. In fact, Zinchenko got uh, taken off in the second half on 61 minutes. Um, And I think it was really uh, a match which could have definitely gone a different way. Zinchenko 
um, was probably the weak link in that Arsenal team. But yeah, like I said, in the end, they did get the three points and that's all they can do at the moment is just keep the pressure on Manchester City, who, of course, are still favourites to to win the Premier League title. I think that the sort of measure of, of you know, that midfield performance from Arsenal, for me at least, was, was how quiet they kept Bruno in the middle for, for Newcastle. You know, he's been a phenomenal presence for, for the team this season and it, it kind of felt as if this was maybe one of his weaker performances in a Newcastle shirt and I think that that was in large part due to, you know, Jorginho, like you say, had a fantastic game, but Erdegaard as well kept him really, really busy. Um, obviously, you know, you're on about Arsenal putting the pressure on City and, and sort of keeping it going. We saw at the weekend as well, you know, City were ran close by Leeds. I mean, they had the better of that game, but, you know, Leeds rallied late on and, and you know, only lost by the one goal in the end. Do you think that there is still hope for Arsenal going into this this final stretch of the season? You know, bearing in mind that they do have to rely on on City dropping points. I think it's going to be really difficult uh, when you look at the the fixtures that City have. The only kind of optimism that I could give Arsenal fans is the fact that Manchester City have a Champions League semi final against arguably the other best team in the world, Real Madrid, which. Um, you could say might take some kind of energy out of their players. Um, but even if Manchester City have fatigue, they have a squad full of, of depth, uh, full of world-class players who can come in to, to replace the other players. So it's a difficult one to see where City are going to drop points. I think everyone expected Manchester City to, to win at the weekend, and that's exactly what they did. Um, but yeah, just looking at their fixtures, of course, they've got a home match against Chelsea, Chelsea have got nothing to play for, but they're going to go to the Etihad not wanting to, to lose that game. Um, there's a game away to Brighton, another tough one, although Brighton recently haven't looked in particularly good form. Um, and then they've got that away match at Brentford, uh, which is going to be quite a tough end of season fixture. So, yeah, compared to Arsenal fixture, Arsenal's fixtures, of course, um, it's really difficult to predict who is going to pick up that title but like I say the only bit of optimism I could give Arsenal fans is that uh, semi-final in the Champions League might put a bit of a strain uh, on City's squad and next up for Arsenal is Brighton obviously you know you mentioned there they're sort of a little bit all over the shop at the moment aren't they they had that great result against Wolves and then a really good win against Manchester United in midweek but then they absolutely capitulated against Everton uh, last night we were recording this on on Tuesday morning it's kind of difficult to know which Brighton side are going to turn up against Arsenal the weekend, isn't it? Yeah, 21 goals in the in the three Premier League games yesterday in that relegation battle is magnificent to see. And I think it's just uh, another example of, of how the Premier League is the most competitive, unpredictable league in the world. Uh, I think Brighton as well, they've had such a, an amazing season. I was surprised to see, see them capitulate in the way they did. Um, the midfield was non-existent and... Uh, I can't really remember the amount of times we've said that about Brighton this season. Um, I'm sure they're going to put up a better performance against Arsenal. In fact, their manager, Roberto De Zerbi, was saying um, after the game that his team will show a better side of themselves against Arsenal, which is not what Mikel Arteta wants to hear, I'm sure. But regardless, um, you would expect them to put in a better performance than they did against Everton. 
Well, obviously, Chris, we've spoken at length about how big this summer is going to be for Arsenal, the potential recruitment and the players that they're going to maybe bring in to strengthen Mikel Arteta's squad. But we just want to talk a little bit about the players that are already at the Emirates and, and what their futures might hold uh, with the club. A few contract situations and a few updates, if you don't mind. Uh, we'll start with Bukayo Saka, someone who we've spoken about before and, and at great length, a player who I'm sure Arsenal fans are really eager to, to get some sort of information on what's the sort of situation with his uh, contract at, at this moment in time? Well, there's not much to add really on Bakayo Saka. I mean, we've told you that he is pretty much signed a new contract, which hasn't been announced yet. Um, there's nothing to worry about Arsenal fans. He has committed his future to the club. Um, in terms of an announcement, could be one that Arsenal are perhaps waiting to announce at the end of the season um, as to not kind of be a distraction while they're still playing for the, the Premier League title. But yeah, Bukayo Saka set to sign a new long-term contract very shortly. I mean, tying someone like Saka down, is it's a real statement of intent, isn't it? You know, when you look at where Arsenal are at, even compared to 12 months ago, there would have been a lot more uncertainty potentially about Saka's future. Clubs like Manchester City were linked, whereas now it feels as if being able to tie a player of his quality down to a long-term contract really you know, sort of is emblematic of the long-term vision that Mikel Arteta is trying to enact at the Emirates. 100%. I think if Arsenal finished outside of the top four, they certainly would have a, a big, big struggle to to keep hold of someone like Bakayo Saka because we know Manchester City are, are really fond of him. Pep Guardiola likes him as a player. And of course, any team in world football is going to want to sign Bakayo Saka. So, yeah, I think it's the factor of, of one, qualifying for the Champions League, and two, just the, the campaign that he's had under Mikel Arteta. Uh, those two reasons are, are why that he's going to commit to the club. And um, yeah, huge news for the club. And, and of course, he's a boyhood uh, Arsenal fan and he's been at the club from such a young age. So uh, it was always expected. But yeah, I think after this season, uh, it's not a surprise to see him sign. Another player we've spoken about before, William Saliba, obviously been a, a huge miss for these uh, for the Gunners in these recent weeks. You know, obviously the, the back injury that he's still continuing to struggle with. What's the, the situation with his contract? Is he someone who you expect Arsenal to potentially look to extend his stay? Yeah, another similar one to Bakayo Saka in expecting him to, to commit to the club. Uh, possibly at the end of the season is where I think these contracts are going to be sorted out just because... Um, Arsenal don't want any distractions at the moment. Um, there's quite a few players. Uh, William Saliba is, is one mentioned there. Aaron Ramsdale is another one who's in advanced talks over a new deal. And he's had a, a really good season uh, as a number one goalkeeper. So, yeah, there's quite a few players that Arsenal are looking to extend. As you can probably tell, there's uh, just a core of young players that they're really focusing on. Um and that's the spine of the team, which have really got them through this season. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's good news all around on on those contracts. And, I mean, it feels like quite a meritocratic thing as well. You know, Ramsdale, as you say, has been one of, you know, some people might even argue the best goalkeeper in the league for large swears of the season. And, and it feels only right that he's rewarded with a, a new deal for his efforts. Yeah, and you could possibly say he doesn't really have um, that much of competition um, maybe I'm doing Matt Turner a bit of a disservice as he's the, uh, the the goalkeeper for his national team. But I do feel that Aaron Ramsdale was kind of knows he is number one goalkeeper. He's not going to get um, he's not going to get replaced anytime soon. So it makes sense to tie him down for as long as possible. 
he's made his uh, a few mistakes this season, but on the whole, he has been probably one of the best goalkeepers in the league. I think David De Gea has actually um, got the most clean sheets in the league uh, this season. So yeah, it's um, it's uh, like I say, really good news for Arsenal. Good good news for Ramsdale as well, and uh, what a signing he's proved to be. And just a word on Granit Xhaka as well. Have you got any information on what what's happening with his future? Granit Xhaka is someone who Arsenal were close to selling last summer to Roma. Um, but in the end, they triggered a one-year extension. He's got a contract until 2024 with a one-year option. Um, there's interest from Germany. Uh, Bayer Leverkusen uh, are really interested in signing him this summer. But yeah, I think Granit Xhaka is a player who will probably consider his future this summer. He's um, as I say, out of contract in 2024, although there is an option for Arsenal to extend it for another year. Uh, interest from Bayer Leverkusen. Uh, and I think he, like I say, I think he will consider his future in the summer. But right now, all focus is on finishing the Premier League season with Arsenal. But yeah, Xhaka has been another uh, a great performer this season for Arsenal uh, in midfield. Um, and yeah, continues to, to show his worth. Um, I think it's He's really shown great character um, since that famous, infamous Crystal Palace moment a couple of seasons ago. Obviously, you know, we've spoken before about how Arsenal are being linked with a number of central midfielders. Declan Rice is obviously the big one, but Moises Caicedo continues to be mentioned here and there. Would the addition of any new midfielders in the centre of the park affect the Xhaka situation at all? Or or is, is he a player who they would look to keep even if, they do bring in a, a couple of new signings in the summer. Yeah, it's a really good point. I think we know, we've mentioned before, that Arsenal are looking to sign at least two central midfielders uh, in in the summer. Uh, Mason Mount is the latest name to be linked um, with the club. And we know Declan Rice and Moise Caicedo were the two others on their, on their shortlist. But I think, yeah, granted, Xhaka is a difficult one. He will want guaranteed games next season. If he's not going to get that, then I think he will be looking for uh, for a move elsewhere. So, yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. And, and it depends on what business Arsenal do this summer. But we know Mikel Arteta is a huge fan of Granit Xhaka for what he offers on and off the pitch. He's currently uh, doing his uh, UEFA uh, B licence, I think it is, um, and with Mohamed Elneny. So he's doing his coaching badges. He wants to be a coach. And I think there's going to be potential for him to probably um, retire and one day be a coach, similar to how Jack Wilshere has done it at Arsenal. So, look, we'll have to wait and see on on Xhaka's future. There's nothing certain there yet, but uh, it's definitely one to, to watch this summer. As always, Chris, plenty of listener questions for you. We'll jump straight into them. Uh, we've got a question here from Kush. It's something we've alluded to already uh, in this episode, but they're just asking straight up which team you think is, is going to win the Premier League. Uh, you know, obviously, three or four games left, depending on whether you're looking at Arsenal or, or City's fixtures. And, and it's still mathematically possible for either one, but is, is the one who you're thinking at this stage is, is more likely to get their hands on that trophy? Well, I'm not a gambling man, but if I was, I probably would go for, for Manchester City right now just because of the of the way they're playing. You know, they're grinding out results in every single game. Uh, they don't look like they're going to drop points. It's difficult to see where they're going to drop points from. Um, and I think as well, when you look at Arsenal's fixtures, they've got to come up against uh, 
some really tough teams. Um, obviously, every team is difficult in the Premier League, but I think Brighton, as we've already spoken about, are not an easy opponent. Nottingham Forest, of course, um, they showed against Southampton exactly uh, how much of a threat they can be. Um, and I think Wolves as well at the end of the season, last home game, yep, they're already safe, but they're not just going to come to the Emirates to uh, to make up the numbers, I'm sure. So, look, tough games, all unpredictable. You don't know what's going to happen, but um, I think Manchester City are the favourites right now. So would expect them to to win the league, of course, as things stand. Yeah, I think, I think I'd be tempted to agree with you, to be honest. At the, at the same time, though, you know... <laughs> There's, there's a lot of sort of discourse at the moment about whether or not it would constitute a failure for Arsenal to have not won the league from the position that they were in. I think there's maybe an argument to be made. I think the players would be disappointed given that run of three draws that they had. And then obviously the defeated City was, was you know, sort of massive blip in and of itself. But I still think that this is a hugely positive season for Arsenal. I don't think you can look at it any other way than massive progress and, you know, I don't see any reason, and I'm sure you probably agree with me here, that, that they can't challenge again next term. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one because I think when you look at the the competitors, the their rivals in the league, um, there's going to be a lot of teams strengthening this summer. But as we've seen with Chelsea in January, spending hundreds of millions on players doesn't necessarily guarantee you a, a top four finish. You know, um, And I think... What Arsenal are going to do this summer is invest in the squad, but in the positions that they really need to strengthen. So the central midfield positions um, in defence as well at right back um, and on, on the wings as well. So there's positions that they know they need to strengthen. And I think that's just going to make them uh, an even bigger force to be reckoned with next season. So, yeah, it will be uh, even more competitive next season, I'm sure. But I think Arsenal will be up there and they will need probably a second squad of, of strong players because they're going to be in the Champions League. So, yeah, uh, a really interesting summer ahead of us. We talk a lot about incomings and potential signings on, on this podcast, but we've got a few questions here just about players who might potentially be leaving the Emirates over the course of the next few months. Uh, starting with one from Abubakar, who's asking if there's an opportunity for Nuno Tavares to come back from loan next season and potentially join back up with Mikel Arteta's squad. So we spoke about Nuno Tavares um, in one of the previous episodes of the show. Um, I think uh, I mentioned that he was banished from a Marseille training session for um, his attitude or his work rate. Didn't put in enough effort, uh, the, ma- the manager said, in training. So perhaps that's not the, the best, most positive sign um, ahead of pre-season. But uh, what I would expect is that Tavares would return for pre-season training and be assessed like all of the other first-team players. Um, I find it difficult to see how he has much of a future at Arsenal. He's been a fairly good performer, um, at least in an attacking sense for Marseille this season. But defensively, he has been suspect, um, which is what we saw um, in the few flashes that we saw him at Arsenal. Um, and again, with Kirintini's future uncertain, Alexander Zinchenko has been on and off this season in terms of form, you can never say never, but I think it's um, unlikely that he has much of a long-term future at Arsenal. You just alluded to him there as well. We've got a question here from Agbale who's asking whether Arsenal are really going to lose Tierney at the end of the season. We've seen him link with, you know, 
a couple of exits, including Newcastle United. I mean, is is there any sort of substance to that? Do you think, or, or do you see him still playing for Arsenal this time next year? Yeah, we reported um, a while back that Newcastle are interested in Kieran Tierney. Eddie Howe is actually a big fan of uh, the Scottish left back. Uh, he tried to sign him when he was at Bournemouth, um, and Tierney was, of course, at Celtic. Um, and yeah, I think he is someone that certainly on the on the hit list of many. Um, clubs across Europe this summer but Tini has a big decision to make because he's probably going to be be getting game time next season in the Champions League um, and I think that is something that he will have to consider um, where, wherever else he goes he might not get that um, but if it's regular game time he wants then of course he will um, have to consider have to consider leaving the club but um, I think he'll be convinced to possibly stay because Mikel Arteta um, has done that previously with players. He convinced Granit Xhaka to stay when Xhaka was so close to leaving. Um, but it's a difficult one. There's quite a few players with uncertain futures at Arsenal this summer. Emil Smith-Rowe is another one. Uh, we know he's been training in midfield. Um, he's a player that Mikel Arteta likes, but due to injuries, due to performances of other players, hasn't really managed to get into the team this season. So, yeah, it's uh, another one where we have to wait and see, but ML Smith-Rowe is certainly um, uh, on the list with Kieran Tierney in terms of having a kind of uncertain future at the club. We've got a question here as well from Bafana, who's asking about Albert Sambi Lokonga's future. I mean, obviously you're talking about Smith-Rowe and how difficult it is to get into that midfield in uh, in North London. I mean, is it a similar sort of situation with, with Lokonga? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's similar as well to, to Tavares, probably more similar because he's a player who hasn't had that many opportunities at Arsenal. He's only had kind of glimpses in that first team. And um, after a decent spell uh, at Palace under Patrick Vieira, he's kind of found himself out of the team uh, under Roy Hodgson since he came in. So it's been a it's been a tough one for Lokonga, who obviously went there to get game time. And now he's struggling to to find that, uh, find those minutes. So yeah, it's, uh, it's another one where I'm sure he'll be assessed in pre-season and then Mikel Arteta will make a decision on him. But uh, as things stand, um, again, it's a, a difficult one to see where he fits into that Arsenal midfield, which has been so prolific in terms of goals uh, and assists this season. That's all we've got time for in this week's show. Join us again next week when we'll be discussing all of the latest Premier League news and developments. In the meantime, follow all the latest sports news at www.nationalworld.com. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter at National World. Thanks to Chris. Thanks to you for listening. The show was produced by Mark Wilson.